Welcome, everybody, to Downtown Harbor Church. If it is your first time here, my name is John. I'm the lead pastor. Appreciate you coming on out today. So we are continuing this series that we've been calling This is True, That is Real. And what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks are these truths that mean something in the light of eternity. And what we found is that sometimes these truths bump up against other truths. And it can cause some tension. And rather than running away from the tension, we're just running right towards it to find out what we can learn. And if you're interested in finding out more about the previous weeks, what all of these words mean, I would encourage you to go to our website, soflowchurch.com, or anywhere you get your podcasts. So today, today we are tackling two truths that many would argue neither are true. Um, to be quite honest with you. And and, and the second truth that we're going to cover halfway through this message, some would say it's straight up controversial within the local church. But before we get to that one, I would just say this. This is something that I believe to be true. I believe that you guys, that we all, should actually enjoy going to church. Now, when I say that, that one should enjoy going to church, I think a lot of folks go, really? Really? I mean, I'm not sure that's, I don't, I mean, because I thought you went to church to feel guilty. I thought that's the only reason you go to church. I thought, I thought you went to church because, you know, your mother-in-law wouldn't leave you alone until you finally went. Now you're here, okay? But like, I, to enjoy church, but the truth is, I firmly believe in my heart that you should enjoy going to church. Now notice how I'm saying that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not up here saying like, you should enjoy going to church, Right because then I'd be your mother-in-law, uh, right? I'd be reinforcing those negative experiences you had with the church. But, but no, I'm saying you, you should enjoy church. It should be something that, that we enjoy actually going to. And I would just say this, if you're not enjoying church, if you're going somewhere and you're not enjoying going to church, I believe it's up to the church leaders to create an experience that you should enjoy going to. Now, if you're here today and you are someone who doesn't enjoy church. Maybe, maybe your friends dragged you here today. They, you know, they've been coming here for a couple of weeks and they go, look, we got this church. We like it a lot. You got to come see the pastor. I mean, we've never seen a man who has so much muscle. It's just a, it's a specimen. You've got to come see this guy. And now that you're here and you're, you're witnessing this with your own eyes, like if you're here today and, and you don't like church, okay, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's a statistic out there that actually says, And 87% of the Tri-County area, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, does not go to church. Yeah, wow. That's a lot of people. That's like almost your entire street when you think about it, except for you guys. Okay, and and in this statistic are most of, I shouldn't say most of, but many of my closest friends, a lot of my family find themselves in this statistic, and it, it breaks my heart. Because I love church. I mean, I've given my life to the local church. And it just broke my heart that my friends and family didn't go. Adam, our volunteer coordinator, he felt the same thing in his own life. Many years ago, seven, eight years ago at this point, we just kind of sat around one day and we're just like, what would it look like? I mean, hypothetically, of course. What would it look like for us to create a church where folks who hate church might actually enjoy going to? We kind of talked about what that would look like and started picking up steam. And finally, we looked at each other and we go, well, rather than the two of us trying to guess what this church like, might look like, what we might have to do to, to create this church, 
why don't we actually just go to our friends and family who don't go to church and just say, hey, guys, listen, you're not going to hurt our feelings, but can, can you just answer a question for us? What are the things that you hate about church? Because, I mean, I personally believe that the message of Jesus is irresistible. I mean, that there's a God out there who loves you so much that he sent his son to die on your behalf that you and he could be made right. I mean, that's irresistible. That there's a God out there that no matter what you've done in your life, how badly you've screwed up, he wants to write a bigger story in your life. I mean, that to me is so irresistible. So what are you resisting? We asked them. Thankfully, they told us. And the answers they gave actually became the DNA of what would become downtown Harbor Church. And for those of you who are here who heard their responses, because we touch on these from time to time, don't check out, because I want to breeze through these real quick to set up my argument, because we got a lot of new folks here who don't know these things. So when we asked our friends and we asked our family, why don't you like church? What do you hate about church? Many of them told us that they found church to be a waste of time. Maybe you felt this too. They go, you know, we show up to church, you know, we slept to church, we got kids, and, and if you've got kids, getting to church, is a, that's a chore in and of itself. We finally get to church, and, and we hear a message that really has nothing to do with real life. I mean, it makes no discernible difference in, in, our, in our day-to-day, and more times than not, John, we have no clue what the pastor's even talking about. I mean, everyone's saying amen around us, but we don't know why. So why go? It's just a waste of time, they would say. Others of them said that in their church experience, what they found many times is that acceptance was conditional. They would go to these churches, and the churches would say, all are welcome. Well, it sure didn't feel like that. <laughs> and, 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 you know, they would, they would sit in the pews, and, and maybe they even enjoyed the messages they were hearing. One day they tried to plug into volunteering and they got stiff-armed. Church would say, well, here's the thing. You don't really believe exactly what we believe. Your, your life isn't exactly mm, up to our standards, so you can't plug in to serve at this church. You could sit in the chairs. That's about as far as you're going to make it here. Others told us that in their church experience, they found that many churches were too political. Shocker, okay? They, they said to us, look, John, we want to go to church and, 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 and we want to hear about God, all right? I'm not interested in hearing about the pastor's political agenda. And this was from folks from the right, left, and center. And then lastly, they told us, and this one stings a little bit, but they said many times in their experience, the Christians that they met within the local church were fake. You know, they, they would show up on a Sunday and they would see their neighbor, Bob, or whatever. And, and Bob was acting completely different on a Sunday morning as he was the night before at the, at the neighborhood block party. And it was because of these reasons that our friends and our family, and I presume 87% of the Tri-County area, hated church. And the truth is, I can't say they're wrong. I mean, I mean can, can you and some of your past church experiences? I think we've all at some level felt these things. So we got these answers. We listened to their concerns. And we set out 
to create a church where the things you hate about church won't happen so that you could actually enjoy going to church. Scriptures in Hebrew says, you should not stay away from church meetings, right? Don't stay away from church as some are doing, but you should meet and encourage each other. And so if we're supposed to go to church, if we're supposed to get in the car and go to church, and I believe we should enjoy church, then I was thinking, well, what are some of the things to actually enjoy about church? I mean, you know, we always come to church. What if we spend a couple of minutes today just talking about church? Some of the benefits of actually showing up to a local church on a Sunday. And I don't just mean DHC. I mean, what are the benefits in general of going to church on a Sunday, let's say? Well, the first thing that, I, that came right to my mind as to why one should enjoy going to church is for practical biblical teaching. I mean, when you come to a church on a Sunday, you should get the opportunity to learn more about God, more about Jesus and Scripture, the world, other people, and even ourselves. And not only can we learn more, we can learn what to do with what we've actually heard. Because it's one thing to just amass knowledge about God. So it's, it's one thing to just, just amass massive amounts of, of, of theology. It's a whole other thing to learn how to apply it to your life and to do something with what you've heard. Because when you read scripture, when you read the gospels particularly, it becomes clear that Jesus taught life. This is really what he did. Meaning he would open up the scriptures, he would roll open those scrolls, he would point to it and he goes, okay, here's what this means for you. This here, this means you got to forgive your friend. You got to make it right. This over here, this means you got to stop getting angry it's just going to ruin your life. This, this means that you, you've got to be generous before you fall in love with your stuff. So yes, he would always teach scripture, but then he would take it the next step. And he would say, here's what this looks like in the real world for you. I, I believe we should enjoy going to church because the teachings of Jesus will make your life better. And I firmly believe they will make you better at life. Additionally, I think we should enjoy going to church because it's an opportunity to have our hearts filled with song. For thousands of years, all throughout scripture, from the beginning to the end, people have used music to express their love and gratitude, their awe, their wonder, their sadness, their joy, their hurt. They, they, they have used music for thousands of years to express every emotion to God. Now, the truth is when it comes to music, I mean, you could, you could listen to a worship song any time of the week you want. I mean, open up Spotify, throw on the Gaither Brothers or something. I don't think anybody's listening to that here. And if you don't even know what that means, that's why you come to this church. Okay, But only on a Sunday morning can you come into a place, can you join together with a group of, of like-minded believers and lift your voices together to the Lord. And I can make a pretty strong argument that there's no other time in your week or even in your life when your heart can join with the hearts of others as it can during a worship set. I, I think something truly spiritual happens when those instruments start to play. Scripture says, let the message about Christ completely fill your lives while you use all your wisdom to teach and instruct each other. With thankful hearts, sing. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Now notice how he says, let the message about Christ 
completely fill your lives. It's not just with teaching, not just with the sermon, but with singing too. And I, I think a lot of folks don't realize how important music is on a Sunday for our spiritual life, for our relationship with God, for our worship to God. And I think, I think to some degree, I think so many of us put such a priority on the sermon, and I get that, but I think we put such a priority on the sermon that we almost render the music like a warm-up act. Like the pastor, whoever he may be, that's Jerry Seinfeld, and then the worship team, well, that's just Kenny Banyan. But according to scripture, our singing to God is not a moose-bouche. It's not just a little hors d'oeuvre getting us ready for the entree. It is very much a part of the entree. And when we miss out on music, we miss out on opportunity. Be a part of a spiritual experience that I believe really helps us deepen and realize our emotions in a way that we couldn't without song. To say it more simply, music allows us to feel in a bigger way in a deeper way, and it deepens our faith in our, in our journey with God. I think music prepares our heart to receive God's wisdom. I think music contains God's wisdom. And I think music helps us to retain God's wisdom. How many times in your life have you been in a situation where all you could do was sing, I mean, at some level, Maybe, maybe it was a joyful moment, but I think a lot of times it's, it's in this moment that we're scared and, and, we, and we, don't, we don't know what to do. And it's, it's like the only thing your spirit knew what to do in that moment was to utter a lyric that you heard one time, a verse, or maybe even just hum a, a, a melody. I think music gives us a framework to our prayers. I think it adds a framework to our praise. And I just think we should enjoy going to church because of the music. I just really do. And hey, at least here you get to listen to Christian and Christina sing. Not just like icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. Now, one final thing, because I could go on all day about reasons why one should like church. But I think one last reason we should enjoy church, and I think actually this is the reason you should love going to church, it's because of the people. We got great people, particularly at this church. I think you should enjoy going to church because of the relationships that you can build within these walls. Now, when you read scripture, one thing becomes very clear. God uses relationships and other people to grow our faith. So accordingly, the people that we put into our lives can have a massive impact on our lives. I, I couldn't count the times we've spoken about Proverbs 13, 20. When Solomon says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools, just get in trouble. And I just think one should enjoy going to church because it's a great opportunity to surround yourself with people who are moving in the same direction you want to be moving in. That doesn't always happen in our friend circles outside these walls. You, you, can, you can surround yourself with people who are actively trying to make wise decisions and to follow God and to learn more about Jesus. You should enjoy going to church because you can make real connections with people that you can lean on, you can learn from, you can pray with, and you can serve alongside. So yeah, I believe 
with all my heart that you should enjoy going to church. I, I just do. I, I believe that something powerful happens inside of here. I believe that lives are changed inside of here. And I firmly believe that God's spirit can be felt in a supernatural and powerful way inside of the local church. But here's something else that I believe. And here's something else that I know to be true. And folks, before we put it up on the screen, I just want to, this next truth is perhaps one of the biggest tensions within Christianity. Because yes, you should enjoy going to church. But yeah, you should enjoy living in the world. Because God made the world. He created a wonderful, beautiful world and everything in it, and he created it all for his glory. He created it so that it could be seen and touched and tasted and enjoyed and experienced and utilized all for his glory. In Romans, Paul says this, all things, all things come from him. All things are directed by him. All things are for his praise. May God be given the glory forever. Amen. Let it be done, he would say. And yet, in spite of this, there are many churches out there across this country and across this world that if I were to stand on their stage and utter, you should enjoy living in the world, they'd come after me with pitchforks. All right, the townspeople be outside waiting with torches and pitchforks. Because many Christians, they look at the world and all they see is a threat. They look at the world and all they see is a menace or, 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 or a temptress or a distraction from God in whom our deepest joy should be found alone. And so when it comes to what Christians can enjoy in this life, if it ain't church or something closely related to church, well, you, you got to avoid it. You got to shun it. You got to push it away. Now, growing up, my dad grew up in a pretty strict Christian household. His uh, father was a pastor. His grandfather was a pastor the whole nine yards, okay? And so growing up, there was many things that he couldn't do. Wasn't allowed to dance. Okay, but the one thing that he was not allowed to do, and this really bothered him a lot. He talked to him. I mean, one of the things he was not allowed to do was he couldn't go to the movie theaters because movies are not of God, obviously. So that means movies are sins. So, so Christians, we don't, we don't go to the movie theater. Well, one year, many years ago, the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, that came out. Ooh, and he wanted to see that movie bad. All of his friends were going to see it. Crack up now thinking about that. He was dying to see the Ten Commandments. And so he goes to my grandmother, my nana, and he, and he goes, Nan, Mom, look, listen, I know sort of what we say about the movie theater, but like it's the Ten Commandments. I mean, it's about the, it's about the Bible and everybody's going. Please, can you make an exception so that I can go see this movie? And she looked at him and I quote and said, Johnny boy, if Jesus comes back, do you want him finding you in that theater? And when he told me this, I go, yeah, but here's the deal. If Jesus comes back, I don't want him finding me in the shower either. <laughs> that's like, that's, side note, that's why I shower in a bathing suit. Um, so, I mean, I don't know your background. I don't know if you've grown up in a strict Christian household. But like, if you did, like my dad did, I'm sure you've got all kinds of spiritual scar tissue that we could trade stories about. Because Christians, of course, at least the good ones that Jesus loves, well, they don't have fun. 
They don't enjoy the world. Mm -mm. You can't do that. And so what begins to happen when you have this kind of mindset is that we start to shut the world out and everything in it. And, and we start to only have Christian friends. And all we do is enjoy church. So I think an important question that we just need to wrestle around with today is, why are Christians, or we could say some Christians at least, reluctant to enjoy the world? Why, why are Christians reluctant to engage with the world? Why are Christians so reluctant to enjoy the things in this world? Now, in my opinion, which is my opinion, in my opinion, I think many Christians and many churches have misunderstood what Scripture was trying to teach about the world. Because at first glance, when you read Scripture, I mean, it does appear to rail against the world. Or so it would seem. James, who is the brother of Jesus, said this. Don't you realize, he says, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Well, that's pretty compelling. Okay, maybe we should skip the movies. I don't, I don't know. John kind of doubles down. He goes, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. So, I mean, if you stop here and you don't take in the context of the rest of Scripture, it would be very easy to conclude that the world in which we live is evil and is to be avoided at all costs. I mean, it would make sense to, to sort of wall yourself off from the world. It would make sense to avoid anything that the world has made available to you. But here's the problem. And here's where I think the disconnect is. James and John, they're not instructing us to despise theater or art or wine or travel or laughter or dancing or the movies or even non-Christians for that matter. They're warning us against finding happiness and meaning and fulfillment in the world system. And generally speaking, whenever scripture talks about the world in this manner, it's talking about an invisible evil world system. One that hates God, one that promotes evil, one that advocates to destroy and devalue people. That's the world that scripture is talking about. They're not talking about the earth. If we can begin to understand that, it completely change the way that we see and interact with the world around us. Because yes, the earth has fallen. No, no, nobody's going to argue with that. Yes, the world has fallen, but it is still filled with goodness and abundance, and you can and should enjoy it for the glory of God. But ultimately, the reason I think Christians don't enjoy living in the world is because Christians have a strained relationship with stuff, things, possessions, items, experiences even. And scripture loaded, packed to the gills with all kinds of warnings about stuff. Jesus famously said, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, 
most times the translations that we read say, you can't serve God and money. But the older translations actually use this ancient word mammon, which means stuff. You can't serve both God and stuff. You can't love both God and stuff. And so we hear this and we think, okay, we got to start thinking extremes. Uh, I'm supposed to love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. But I also love theater. I, I also love music. I love, tra I, I love travel, okay? And, and, and sometimes in our devotion to God, we push away all that stuff. Paul teaches similarly. Command those. Command those who are rich in the things of this life not to be proud, but to place their hope not in such uncertain things as riches, but put it in God. And so we hear this and we extrapolate this out into a theology whereby we as Christians, we sort of limit our exposure to and we limit our enjoyment of the things of this life. But that's not what Paul's asking us to do. That's not what Jesus is advising us to do. They're instructing us not to fall in love with the gifts, but rather with the giver. And in fact, the things of this world are gifts from God for us to be enjoyed. And so Paul says, don't, don't find your hope in the gifts, but in God, who gives us everything for our enjoyment. God richly gives us everything that we need for our enjoyment. He gives us the world. He gives us wine. He gives us travel. He gives us sunset. He gives us great restaurants. He gives it all to us for our enjoyment so that there's a purpose in this, so that we see that he is good. So that we see that all good things come from him. And that should drive us to seek after him. That should drive us to worship him. That should drive us to thank him and to glorify him. The wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, said this, if God gives us wealth and property and lets us enjoy them, we should be grateful and enjoy what we've worked for. Now, that's interesting. It is a gift from God. So yes, you should enjoy going to church. But yeah, you should enjoy living in the world. You can enjoy the people around you. You can, you can enjoy the things around you because they are all gifts from God. And when we start to understand this, when we start thinking this way, it will change the way that you relate to God and the world around you. For far too long, as far as I'm concerned, Christians have wrongly hid themselves from this world. They've wrongly shunned the world. When all along, I believe that Christians should, be, should, be the, uh, should enjoy the world more than anybody else. Because it is we who can look at a sunset and glorify the creator. It is we who could sip a glass of wine and thank the vineyard owner that it gladdens our hearts. And it is we who can read a book and praise the author of life. We can find God everywhere. And if we do that, and if we start to do that, then all the world becomes an invitation to glorify God. Everything in this world, from our family, to the food, 
to our hobbies, to nature. All of it is God saying, come, know me in a very deep and real way because you've known the things that I've made. So what's practical? What do you do with a message like this? If it is your first time here at DHC, every single week we throw this word on the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and just know exactly what to do with what you've heard. So my challenge to you this week, and quite frankly, perhaps for the rest of your life, is I would challenge you to shift your perspective. For some of you today, the idea of enjoying church is a foreign concept. Maybe for you in the past, it's always been a very stuffy experience. Maybe, maybe for you in the past, you've never had an opportunity to connect with genuine, authentic people inside of a local church. And if that's been your experience, then I, I'm sorry, but that's what you've encountered. But in an attempt to shift your perspective on church, I would challenge you, one real step that you can do, I would challenge you to come this week to DHC Nights, honestly, Bo Campers. This was something that we launched in the very beginning after listening to folks who said they hated church, that they felt the church was so inclusive, only did things inside the local church. This is what we created to show the world that Christians who go inside of a local church actually know how to have some fun. That we don't lock ourselves behind closed doors, that we actually appreciate the city that we live in, that we can go out, have a couple of cocktails, that's your thing. Have some appetizers and have some fun. And in the process, you get to meet some really great people here inside this church and spark up some great conversations at the places that we go to. So if you have time this week, join us. 5.30, come whenever you want. Come after work. Stay as long as you want. And shift your perspective as to what church actually can look like. Secondly, as we shift our perspective, I would just challenge you to take a moment to see God in our part of the world. We are blessed to live in South Florida. I don't, I don't know if you were born and raised here, but for those of us who have moved down here, I mean, I'm from New Jersey. We don't see the sun in New Jersey from like December 1 to basically June. We're blessed to be down here, folks, from the weather to the sunset to the ocean to the Everglades, the flowers. I mean, even those nasty iguanas. I want them in my backyard, but they're pretty amazing creatures. We are surrounded every moment by God's creation. And I think we miss it. I really do. I think we take it for granted. So this week, I would challenge you, just, just live a little differently, a little mindfully, if you will. Take a moment to take a look at God's creation. Scripture says that God's creation, even the stars in the sky, sing of his glory. It was all created for him. And so when you walk around this week, I would just challenge you to, to actually stop for a moment and take it in. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. And allow it to drive you to God. Allow it to, 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 to drive you to thank him for all he's made, for all he's done for us and for everything he gives us for our enjoyment. Let me pray for you. 
Dearly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we could come on a Sunday to gather together inside of a local church, to hear your word, to worship you through song, and to create lasting and powerful relationships, God, that you can use to change our lives forever. And Lord, I'm also just so grateful for the world that you created outside of these doors. And it is so beautiful. And yeah, there are broken parts of it, God, but because of your son, Jesus, we can enjoy it more than anyone else. Help us this week to live differently. Help us this week to see the world differently. Help us this week and for the rest of our lives to change the way that we relate to you and that we relate to this world. And we will give you all the glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.